We have this mission element of the ACNA called the Jurisdiction of the Armed Forces and Chaplaincy that the entire communion can get involved with and participate in. And, and that's the message that I'd say that I'm most excited about being fully in the ACNA. Come come join us. Come be part of what we're doing. You don't have to leave what you're, where you are or what you're doing to be be connected with us in, 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 in many, any facet of ministry. Um, it, it likely exists with us in the JASC. Welcome to the Classic Anglican Podcast. Join us as we explore classic Anglicanism through thoughtful and informative conversation within the bounds of the Christian faith once received. I'm your host, Canon Zachary. Today, we are joined on a special episode of the Classic Anglican Podcast by our Bishop Ordinary, the Right Reverend Derek Jones, from the jurisdiction of the Armed Forces and Chaplaincy in the Anglican Church in North America. Bishop Derek, it is so good to have you back on the show. Oh, Ken and Zachary, it's good to be back. I have loved all of these podcasts that we're doing, uh, this this whole uh, concept now. H- how old is this thing now that we've been doing, the ETF? We are just at one year, Bishop. Wow. Uh, what a year it's been. Uh, I, all I can do is just congratulate uh, you and everyone else that's just that's just made it. The, the the viewership's up. The the listening uh, listening audience numbers are up. It's just it's just good. So it's great to be with you. It's been a fun ride so far. We're looking forward to what we have in store, and uh, we've got some great things happening with the podcast here in the future, as well as our blog and website, and uh, getting some more volunteers involved as well. And so that's going to be a lot of fun. And today we're doing a special episode. Um, you know, we are experiencing some significant news in the convocation that you shared with us, and now it's gone official. The Church of Nigeria has released the jurisdiction of the armed forces and chaplaincy, and we will soon be a full jurisdiction in the Anglican Church in North America. Now, that's not only big news, but it's a mouthful to say. Can you tell us in simple terms what this means? Essentially, we have to remember that as as the Episcopal Church began to break down, there were a lot of groups uh, that were both created here in the U.S. and and those that were like lifeboats from from many of our Southern Cone churches, uh, helping keep orthodoxy alive within the Anglican Church in in the U.S. and Cana, the Convocation of Anglican North in North America, was that attempt by the Church of Nigeria. Now, originally, Cana was actually the Convocation of Anglican Nigerians in America, because the Church of Nigeria was concerned under Archbishop Bacanola about the care of uh, Nigerian Anglicans uh, by the Episcopal Church. And so they they came in and began to, to take over. And of course, as we know, Nigeria accounts for more than a third of all Anglicans in, in the world, um, just because uh, the, the way they proliferate the gospel. So, uh, but the Convocation of Anglican Nigerians in America became the Convocation of Anglicans in North America and was first led by Martin Menz. And in, in uh, January of 2007, I was contacted about becoming an endorser or providing cooperative endorsement for their one chaplain. Um, we got our start then with Cana, uh, became first the deanery for the chaplaincy. Then in 2011, uh, the, there were, Cana had become so large that it was, uh, there were, there were enough churches and 
and, and that sort of thing for us to have four dioceses, Cana East, Cana West, and then the missionary diocese of the Trinity, uh, and then the, the deanery for us, the, or the deanery for the chaplaincy became the diocese of the armed forces and chaplaincy. But also during that time, the ACNA had just been founded. It was beginning to grow. We were providing the um, endorsement for the ACNA alongside the REC, but we were the primary endorser. The REC at that time agreed to do only REC chaplains. Um, that's also changed, and I can talk about that in a bit. As we began to continue to grow, we had intention, and there was a protocol then signed in 2013 between the Church of Nigeria and the Anglican Church in North America, while Archbishop Oko was the primate of Nigeria, uh, that that basically was an agreement uh, that as a jurisdiction, we as a founding member of the ACNA, we were we were cloistered together and how that would work. And, and there were several of those types of agreements. The AMIA had one. But over time, many of the African churches and, and those groups began to hand off everything to the ACNA. Now, the Church of Nigeria was not prone to do that, um, and and there was good reason. The ACNA didn't really necessarily want them to at that time. Um, I'm sure some did, but for the most part, we knew the importance of maintaining that relationship. But we as a jurisdiction, uh, the chaplaincy, they wanted us to go ahead and make the move over into the ACNA back in 2013, and so that became part of that protocol. Unfortunately, in 2014, because of the way things uh, progressed with the Canon 11, that sort of thing, we actually were never transferred. Uh, that transfer could not could not take place because the ACNA had not created a space for a diocese. We were a diocese, so you can't transfer a diocese that exists in Nigeria into nothing in the ACNA. Um, and so the effective transfer could not ever actually take place. So we remained a diocese of the Church of Nigeria while continuing to serve the ACNA, fully embedded, fully ingrained into everything that they were doing um, uh, per Canon 11, basically fulfilling the role of Canon 11 as the special jurisdiction. We changed our name to the jurisdiction of the Armed Forces and Chaplaincy um, so that we could be that special jurisdiction. We uh, embraced um, becoming a jurisdiction um, in anticipation of all, all of that. And, and it just, it, you know, just in, in the whirlwind of everything else that was going on at that time, um, it, it's just, it happened. Um, no, one was, no one was concerned with it um, until 2019. And what happened in 2019 is uh, we had uh, one of the dioceses of Cana um, uh, attempt to or did, in fact, um, apply to consecrate um, some suffragan bishops for their diocese. It didn't follow the protocol of the 2013. Uh, there was question as to whether it needed to be followed since, since, in fact, the jurisdiction of the armed forces and chaplaincy wasn't transferred. They weren't sure whether the protocol was still intact. Um, but we were in a position that we couldn't participate in that 2019. The ACNA didn't think we needed to. The Church of Nigeria didn't want us to. And, and, and we didn't want to participate in what the conclusions of that 2019 MOU were going to be anyway, because we needed to be a diocese and we needed to stay con continuing to function with the with the ACNA. And so, just, to, just uh, to interject here, Bishop, one thing that, yeah. you know, was kind of floating around out there, and I want people to hear it uh, from your mouth and, and for all time. During all of this time, the jurisdiction of armed forces and chaplaincy, Anglican chaplains, uh, was a legal nonprofit in the United States based in the United States. That's correct. 
And so yeah, any kind of conjecture that we were somehow controlled by a foreign entity or something like that would be as goofy as saying that JFK was somehow overduly influenced by the Pope because he was Roman Catholic. That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah, um, that's that's a good that's a good point to make. We we are a, a, we are our own five hundred one c three, an incorporated body uh, properly recognized in the United States. Our our associations are in fact um, of our choosing. Interestingly, too, that you bring that up because uh, for some, they they had made some sort of odd connection that somehow because we are connected to Nigeria that we couldn't be doing the work that we were doing. Well, as you mentioned, the JFK and the Roman Catholic Church, Archbishop Brolio of the Roman Catholic Church uh, Military Archdiocese, he has a direct line to to the Vatican. So um, it's it's really no no different. But post 2019, post that MOU, it it the the kind of the relationship did prove to be a problem because in truth we were the last dual jurisdiction in the ACNA. And that was not comfortable for Archbishop Beach. Wasn't uncomfortable. It, it was an uncomfortable situation for some of the other uh, bishops within the ACNA. Uh, certainly wasn't um, uh, a problem for me personally, uh, but it did continue to ha- create some difficulties as we as we tried to navigate between two sets of provincial canons that we had to to observe, um, uh, trying to follow the 2013 protocol, uh, even though it was thereby defunct, and in fact, the canons of the ACNA requiring that a protocol be created. Um, Archbishop Beach had made a decision that he did not want to create a new protocol with Nigeria, um, that he felt it was unnecessary, and and he was he was very determined that we were going to see the ACNA um, receive the jurisdiction. You have to understand, Archbishop Beach loves the chaplains. So with that, Archbishop Beach and I had discussed, and he said, I want to get basically an advisory board together, because he's allowed to do that according to the canons of the ACNA, Canon 11. And uh, he wanted it to be the deans. And so uh, he, he he assigned all of the deans, but primarily bishops Kevin Allen and, and Bill Atwood. Bill Atwood, because he's the, um, you know, international, uh, and, and we already had relationship with some of our international churches that we've planted, being connected to him. So it, it it was just a natural progression. And then, of course, uh, Archbishop Duncan, because he was so critical in working with Martin Menz and with Archbishop Oko and uh, Akinola before, and, uh, you know, was a corp is a is a really the corporate knowledge for all uh, that is who we are as the ACNA in our creation. So uh, we began working very diligently um, to to try to make it happen. We we originally had it on a kind of a two year plan to look at the twenty. 20- 24 provincial meeting, but then uh, the the attorneys found a way that the archbishop could, in fact, say, um, uh, receive us as a jurisdiction under, under because we were a jurisdiction as opposed to creating space for a diocese. Because we're a jurisdiction, he has the authority to receive us as a jurisdiction. So all of a sudden, we had a solution to the issue by virtue of our, the makeup of who we are, uh, because the Constitution says jurisdictions can come fully into the ACNA. So that's what's happened. Um, and so Archbishop Ndikaba, graciously, um, uh, he, he, he so much loves and supports the the ACNA, he, he, he made it happen. He and, and Archbishop Beach, I, I had written them a letter in March um, asking that we go ahead and have a meet, meeting about this. Uh, they agreed. Um, Archbishop Ben came to the U.S. Uh, for the provincial meeting. 
largely in part so that we could have the conversation about the chaplains. It's been good. In fact, truth is, I think we've played a part in maintaining good relationships between the ACNA and the Church of Nigeria because of our existence. So there's so much good about everything and how this whole thing transpired and how and the road that we went down and the cooperation and and um, everybody's mind is on the good for the kingdom, the good for Christ, the good for the proliferation of the gospel, the good for the chaplains. I can't be more complimentary about all of the individuals involved and and just their keen interest in making sure that we not only did it right, that we did it expeditiously, and we did it for the good of the gospel. And I think that's something for us to keep in mind when we look, Bishop, at the idea of accountability and biblical accountability, and then see what the fruits of that are, because there are some great things coming out of some situations that were problematic, but in the long run, it looks like we're really going in some good directions. And so in many ways, though, for the average person in the jurisdiction, things aren't going to feel like they have changed too much. We're still the ecclesiastical endorser for the ACNA chaplains. However, we'll be a full jurisdiction rather than a special jurisdiction. Uh, What does that mean going forward? Well, I understand that as a jurisdiction, similar to the Reformed Episcopal Church, they are a jurisdiction. So in other words, they have dioceses underneath. Now, we're certainly not um, wanting to create dioceses underneath us as a jurisdiction, but because of the breadth of our ministry um, and and the size, uh, we truly are um, on all continents other than Antarctica. Antarctica, I jokingly say I'm looking for a volunteer. What it accounts for or gives us the ability to do is to have multiple suffragan bishops in order to, to execute our mission. And per definition in the ACNA canons, um, we're treated a little bit differently. Um, we could, in fact, you know, in, engage in the creation of diocese, but that's not the intention, and that's not the intention of the archbishop. We're certainly not going to w- walk that way unless it becomes prudent and, and or is helpful to the ACNA. But being a jurisdiction means that we don't necessarily operate like a diocese, but we operate as a larger entity. And it, it allows us and gives us the freedom to have the, the multiple um, types of ministries that we we execute, many of which are in full support of the ACNA Arch- Archbishop and his mission. The fact that we're a jurisdiction is helpful to the ACNA. Where it's it's kind of a mixed it's kind of a mixed bag of tricks here. You know, we we we'd like to be a, a diocese, but we don't have the laity, and or and we're not necessarily in the church business. We do have churches, but we're not in the church business. So being a jurisdiction affords us some some opportunities that we would not have if we were just simply a diocese. And basically, you know, what we're discussing is this is a process of maturation like any other. And the ACA, ACNA is still forming and shaping with some housekeeping that's, that remains. Yeah, that's exactly right. There's the, the housekeeping that still remains. I mean, there's as it continues to grow, the ACNA is going to have to begin to look at archdioceses. Um, and it's going to have to begin to look at um, how we are geographically uh, oriented and 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 how we play into the world. So, yeah, you're right. The ACNA is still forming and shaping, and and there's still a lot of housekeeping. But well, no, it, it's just a blessing that we have Archbishop Foley Beach and his leadership during this time. And uh, you know, we're looking forward to what's going on in the future. Now, it, you know, it's my understanding that as much as His Grace Archbishop Henry Indicaba loves us. His intention has never been, nor his predecessors, to oversee churches in North America. So, Bishop Jones, what is what is the Church of Nigeria's message to us as we enter this new season of ministry? Well, I can tell you that uh, Archbishop Henry has, on, uh, on virtually every occasion, 
that he has the Nigerian bishops, or, or me as a former now Nigerian bishop, um, has them together. He says, my full intention is that all of you will bloom for the good of the gospel right where you are. And, and, he's, and, and, he, and he doesn't want the structures, the structures to impede the work. Um, he wants the structures to facilitate the work. And so his message to us, fully understanding our need to be fully part and fully in, engaged as a ministry of the ACNA, no longer as a dual jurisdiction, was that, you know, simply go go bloom, go continue to do what you're doing and, and uh, um, continue to make it happen for the good of the ACNA and for the good of the gospel in the United States. Um, and certainly all around the world. So he, he is he is just very, very supportive um, and and uh, supportive of me personally, supportive of Archbishop Foley um, and their friendship is strong. And and he understands. Now, Archbishop Oko, by the way, uh, learned that we were doing this. Archbishop Oko was a chaplain. So he was somebody that really understood our mission. And I know that Archbishop Oko had a lot of influence on Archbishop Ndikaba to say, do everything you can to support the chaplains. And and that's just been evidenced in everything um, Archbishop Indikaba has done. Every word, every action, um, he's he's just truly shown um, incredible support for us. And I, I, I can't say enough. I'll, I'll be indebted to him for allowing us to expeditiously make this happen now, quicker quicker than what we thought we were, we were going to be able to do it. We're certainly thankful for his leadership as well as as leadership of Archbishop Foley Beach. And uh, we're going to switch gears here a little bit, Bishop. Our listeners may or may not know that the Anglican Church in North America currently operates under a so-called dual integrity, whereby— yeah, I, I, I hate that term, but yes, that's correct. They, yeah, they, there, it, yeah, integrity is a, a singular word, but at any rate, each diocese and jurisdiction discerns who can be ordained to the priesthood. And so our jurisdiction of the armed forces and chaplaincy holds to an all-male presbyterate based on scripture, apostolic tradition, and the formularies of the church. Is that going to change for us, and how will we operate under dual integrity? Well, I love the way you phrased that question. You said we hold to an all-male presbyterate based upon traditional interpretation of scripture, apostolic tradition, and the formularies of the church. So why would that change? Uh, of course, it's not going to change. Um, how we operate uh, under and have been operating under this as a dual integrity is, is um, and again, I go back, there's only one integrity. We have, and, and so there's a, there's a legitimately held position by some bishops that women can serve or can't serve um, in certain offices, uh, etc. All of that, all of those conversations will continue. The jurisdiction has is in a position that as the endorser of chaplains, that we need to support all dioceses of the ACNA. And so while we remain and hold to an all-male presbyterate, um, and based upon the, the, you know, the valid understanding of Scripture, apostolic tradition, and the formularies of the church, we do provide endorsement to women who may be ordained presbyters in other, in other dioceses. Now, how we do that, how we effectively do that, is whereas all chaplains that are representing the ACNA are to be part of that's that's what we're moving to. That's what the Archbishop wants us to move to, is that not just governmental chaplains, but all chaplains who require professional endorsement, professional ecclesiastical credentialing, that it must be done by 
the jurisdiction of the armed forces and chaplaincy. But, but within our structures, how we handle those and support those women in ministry who, who are ordained as presbyters within their diocese, um, we allow them or we provide a, what is known as a cooperative endorsement for them for their, to handle their employment. They become licensed within the jurisdiction. They cannot function within the jurisdiction in any type of priestly order, um, and all of their all of their activities are maintained canonically with their sending diocese. So, if I have a um, if I have a chaplain that is in a, a diocese that ordains wis- women to the presbyterate, they are allowed to serve within the confines of that that diocese. Um, as a chaplain, we provide the endorsement and essentially. It really comes down to the brass tacks of a, a Title IV action. If they do something wrong, we simply pull their endorsement. Um, whereas a chaplain under underneath our jurisdiction or canonically resident with us, um, we we would we would actually uh, you know provide support, do investigations, that sort of thing. We simply pull the endorsement and hand hand that individual back um, to the to the bishop of the diocese from uh, from where wherever they they are serving, and they have to handle it. Um, so um, those women presbyters who are endorsed by us, they understand uh, those rules, they accept them, they understand, and, and for the most part, with, with rare uh, um, confusion, understand you know, that they don't vest as priests for our services in, in, that are specifically JAFC. Thus far, we've not had any difficulties or com- uh, conflicts. I see that continuing, moving into the future. This question with regard to women's ordination to the presbyterate is... is uh, uh, continuing to, they're continuing to have dialogue within the College of Bishops. I know there are a lot of folks that thought the paper the bishops put out was was weak. I, in fact, see it as a very strong paper, a very strong response with uh, um, that shows integrity, not dual, but a single integrity to say we we we're going to understand that we don't have the answer here yet. Um, but the good news is, uh, for those who are uh, concerned about the jurisdiction and whether women would be serving in as chaplains in the military, for example, not not in the not in an ACNA where they're the jurisdiction of the armed forces and chaplaincy is the endorser. Women serving in combat is is a question the REC took up and and answered not long ago, and we've not taken that up in the ACNA, but we may need to uh, certainly considering. The questions right now about having a women's draft in the United States and that sort of thing. Those are all questions in the future that we're grappling with now. But as it goes towards holy orders, nothing's changing. We we are still we are still um, an all male presbyterate in the jurisdiction. We will remain that way. Um, and like you said, it's it's based upon the interpretation of Scripture, apostolic tradition, and on the formularies of the Church. Bishop, thank you for that. Clarity and you know we've we've grown by a hundred chaplains roughly since 2018, and so you know we wanted to make wow. sure to ask that question. I didn't realize it was that many. <laughs> I, I think so. We're at like 250 yeah, chaplains now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And uh, so we wanted to make sure that we you know because not not everybody can hear you all the time, and this is an opportunity for them to hear that. We heard some of this at the jurisdiction convocation, and it's important to get that word out there. Hey, obviously, we are going to be forever indebted to the Church of Nigeria, as you said, and our release is bittersweet, but it's like a young adult leaving home and moving into vocation. That said, what excites you about our future as full partners in the Anglican Church in North America? Well, 
here's what I really here's what really excites me is that the the uh, David David Virtue in his article um, that that he put out touches on a little bit. The fact is, most people didn't even realize we weren't wholly part of the ACNA anyway. Um, we were so well integrated and so well entwined in everything that the ACNA was doing. Most people just didn't know. And, and, and so what, what's exciting is, is those things that might have slowly kind of kept us back or held us back or, or might have helped the, held the archbishop back from using us for certain things because of our canonical relationship, those things are, those restrictions no longer exist. And so it's, it, it, so that's exciting. The jurisdiction continues to be the, the uh, uh, Archbishop Foley doesn't like it when I say this, the, the largest entity, um, because there, there are certainly, you know, entities that have more churches or challenges. But we're currently operating 24 churches. We've got about 40 congregations that are meeting and in total have about 70 total meetings, every weekly meetings going on around the world. Um, I don't know too many folks that have that, plus approaching 250 chaplains uh, serving the church. Um, our footprint's pretty huge. I mean, we, 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 I, I, I learned during COVID uh, when, when uh, Lawrence from Kelrath was serving as the Archbishop's canon that we had accounted since 2014 uh, for one, one third of all, all church plants in the ACNA. Uh, we're, we're at the hands of chaplains. I'm aware that we currently are accounting for more than one half of all the current church plans because of our, our current involvement in, in, in how chaplains are working. So I'm excited that those things are going to be able to continue. I'm excited that we've been able to create some ministries that have been handed off, such as the Anglican Adoption Fund now, the, formerly the Chaplain Adoption, Anglican Chaplain Adoption Fund, now handed off to Anglicans for Life and Georgette Forney and her team. Um, uh, and and they've, they've begun to already grant, you know, n- new support. You know, you brought up women in ministry, and you brought up the women's ordination thing. The jurisdiction is actually the most diverse diocese in the ACNA. We know that we, we both by number of women versus men versus versus um, ethnicity uh, background versus. Uh, I mean, basically on every measure, we are the most diverse, and so. You know, our, our position on women's ministry is, is very strong, and I, I have to put a shout out to, to, to Canon Julie Crunk, who is our um, Canon for Missions, with the Hats from the Heart that is now an international mission that's just, uh, it, it, it touches your heart every time you, you hear, uh, hear a story about how, the, how just a small baby's warmer hat can 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 um, change a life. It's just it, it's really incredible. All of those opportunity, all of those things, they all belong to the ACNA. They all belong to the ACNA. They belong to every bishop, to every diocese, to the archbishop, to every member. Uh, th- these are the these are ministries that that you don't have to be part of the JAFC to be part of. While we're managing it. It's it's great opportunities. I, you know, one of the best opportunities that I think we offer is we know that there are diocesans out there and there are people out there that are serving the church as laity. And, and we have an organization called the Commission Lay Chaplain or CLC. They, they become a member of the Order of St. Martin of Tours. And, and they actually receive credentialing paperwork from us to be able to go into prisons and to these other places as official representatives of the church. And, and uh, th- those are all just great opportunities for everyone. I, I could go on. You could do three or four podcasts, me just talking about um, the individual ministries. Um, but if you really want to know, uh, we, we did a, 
we did a kind of a catalog in the only Anglican journal that's put out by the uh, by, by in, in professional chaplaincy, the Anglican Chaplain's Journal. We did kind of a catalog of some of the ministries the JFC do, does, and I would invite people to go look that up at Amazon and, and get a copy of it, or uh, contact us, and we can try to get a copy into your hands. And there's just there's just a lot of opportunities. I, you know, the jurisdiction. We want folks to be connected to their diocese and be greatly involved with their bishops and everything else. But understand, we have this mission element of the ACNA called the Jurisdiction of the Armed Forces and Chaplaincy that the entire communion can get involved with and participate in. And and that's the message that I'd say that I'm most excited about being fully in the ACNA. Come come join us. Come be part of what we're doing. You don't have to leave where you are or what you're doing to be be connected with us in, 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 in many, any facet of ministry. Um, it, it likely exists with us in the JASC. Bishop Derek, thanks so much again for joining us on this special episode of the Classic Anglican Podcast. Do you have any parting words for us today before you offer your blessing? Yes, um, I'm thankful that uh, for those that are, most people outside of the JASC know us because of our issues with religious liberty and religious freedom. I'm thankful that I'm, you know, now now part of not only the executive director with the Chaplain Alliance, but also now on the advisory board for the National Committee for Religious Freedom with Ambassador Brown back in Jeff Sessions and Cardinal Dolan and others. Um, I'm very thankful that 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 we are able to uh, to provide amicus and see the and, and participate in the uh, in the Coach Kennedy uh, ruling by the the Supreme Court. Um, let me just, let me just say, we, we've, we need your prayers. We, we want you to, we want you to pray for us. And if I said anything today, um, that might've offended anyone, uh, just for those that know me, you'll understand my heart. When I say this, I've reviewed the constitution very completely. And I find nowhere in the constitution that where it says that you have a right not to be offended. So if you've been offended by any comment <laughs> I made today, too bad. No, I'm just kidding. Give me a call and I'll talk with you about it. We're we're just we're excited about uh, we're excited about this. I know Archbishop Beach is excited about it, and and I I just want your listeners to be excited about it too. This is a good good thing. So now may the grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit remain with you always. Amen. You've been listening to the Classic Anglican Podcast. We look forward to being with you during our next episode. To learn more, join us online at www.anglicanchaplains-etf.org. Until then, stay strong in the Christian faith once received and keep Anglicanism classic.